Hey. Welcome back to Beyond the Tracks, a podcast where producers draw back the curtain on their own music and let us in on their creative process, stem by stem and story by story. Today we're checking in on a familiar face or a familiar voice as it pertains to you. You may remember Emily from episode two of Beyond the Tracks, where we discussed her songs, Ouija Board Story, and David Donahue. Well, Emily's back with more music, uh, and of course, I couldn't resist the urge to get together with her and talk about it. Today, we're talking about Speeding Ticket in Bristol, Virginia. And without further delay, here's Emily. So good to see you. It's a mini It's a mini I know. I was, I was like thinking before, before this. I was like, okay, what are the like hard hitting points that I need mm-hmm. to talk about so I don't drone on? It took active synthesis mm-hmm. of my brain, but I'm ready. What to just like trim the fat? Of, yeah. Like, yeah. 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 H- how do we, uh, how do we streamline this conversation? Yes. Yes. To get to to the heart of it because you know sometimes I have like stony baloney brain and <laughs> I go off on all my tangents and honestly thought, that's what podcasts are for though not today Emily this is a freaking mini-sode <laughs> we take this <laughs> I'm very not putting seriously up with your bullshit this is serious business <laughs> yeah <laughs> let's get down to it at the time of recording, you've just released two new songs this previous, let's see, two days ago, right? Yes. Uh, and a full video. Yes. Psychedelia Country. I know. I like to classify it. <laughs> My favorite genre. It's so cool. I love it. So congrats on that. Thank you. Quick check-in, Emily. What have you been up to because I know that things are happening and shifting and moving in your life oh, since my the last time we spoke. So what's what's been going on? Give me the quick down and dirty. So I moved out of New York at the beginning of June and I had a terrible moving fiasco. I got scammed by a moving company. It Fuck. wasn't... Okay, that's dramatic. It wasn't necessarily a scam. I was desperate and frantic and I didn't read the fine print of what this moving company was supposedly you know gonna do it was essentially a broker company that I paid and then they Uh outsource local moving services to come get your shit and like put it in storage facilities and it ended up the cost ended up being four times what they quoted me and I had already put down a deposit and so I was out like $1,200. And so the local moving people came at midnight. It was horrible. I was so on edge about it. Had been packing up all my mm-hmm. stuff. And um, they get there and they tell me it's going to be, you know, double, triple what the broker company had told me it was going to be. And so I looked around. I was like, my shit isn't even worth that much money. Like I got, I got all this stuff from antique malls and churches. And I'm like... And it, it sucks because I had such attachment to it. It's really cool stuff. And 
it would have been so much easier for me to just bring it down here and then move into a house, move into, you know, a non-furnished apartment and whatever. But yeah, I mean, I could only, I could only leave with as much stuff could fit in the car. And so just, I just feel like I, everything physical I lost. And so I was going to move, I was going to move to, my plan is to move to Nashville, was to move to Nashville I was going to pick up, come back here for a couple months, find a place, move, have all my stuff, whatever. I get back. This is a curveball. I fell in love. Oh, shit. I fell in love. Like okay. two weeks after I got back here with someone who's, he's not from here either. We laugh. It's really funny that we fell in love in Little Rock because he's from El Salvador and moved here from Mexico City to come live with his uncle for, uh, for a little bit. And then the pandemic hit and... He got stuck here. <laughs> so <laughs> so we met at a show at a friend of a friend's show and like it's been a whirlwind. So now I'm like, well, I don't want to do anything without you. Um huh. so wow. we're figuring okay, so, stuff out. Yeah. So this this move happened in June. In June. Mm-hmm. Y- you met him when? June twelfth. Not to make this an expose on your yeah uh, yeah yeah, life, yeah but it's such a, I mean it's 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 the most paramount thing to happen to me since I got my dog <laughs> yeah I mean what else do we have but true love and pets yeah I and know. I know so so you met him like very shortly after moving yeah yeah so I mean where are you at are where are you at now are you sort of in the figuring it out phase like yeah or well, are you two just gonna stay put or um we have some like administrative things to figure out together um and I just I mean I have nothing to my name right now (laughs) so I'm starting from the ground up um but it's been very liberating and very just a different change of pace I don't want to rush into anything and I don't want to just throw a dart on a map type to move to you know, a city of strangers type. Where some come to work, some to play. So I'm here for now, just gigging around and trying to write songs and do whatever. Um, cool. But I'm really happy. So I'm happier than I've been in a long time. I'm really stoked for you in that regard. Maybe ever, actually. I'm like, maybe ever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what is this? I'm actually well and happy. Amazing. It's a crazy thing to admit, right? To to yourself, not to mention to, you know, somebody else or oh, vice yeah. versa. It's been wild. I mean, I just like I I I was not in a position to be looking for anything or which yeah. everybody it's a cliche. Everybody always says like it happens when you least expect it type thing. Yeah. But I mean, I'm blindsided by this person. It's a miracle that we're both here right now. So Yeah, I mean, when you least expect it and where you least expect it. I know, I know. Didn't have to look far from home after all. <laughs> God damn it, Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're actually workshopping my next romantic comedy today. And <laughs> when this is the writer's You can room. cut all this out. You can cut all this romantic <laughs> bullshit out. <laughs> uh, okay, so how is Little Rock as far as, I mean, it must help that you are in this place of like, 
emotional stability that you haven't felt mm-hmm. in a while. But mm-hmm. how how is it like trying to lay musical roots here? And like you said, you're gigging. You're obviously releasing music. Yeah. Uh, we'll get into the, the inner workings of like how that is going. But yeah, like, yeah. Are you finding yourself satisfied musically here as well? Yeah. I mean, I don't want to... I don't want to stay anywhere forever. Like, it's yeah. just my vagabond nature, as they say. But yeah. um, I'm definitely, it's it's a different type of community and it's a different type of music down here. Um, yeah. A lot more acoustic music, a lot more folk and country music, which is really cool to be around. It's been relatively easy for me to get the ball rolling, obviously, because I'm already connected down here with people and I've felt a warmth here that is has been so embracing and encouraging um and I'm getting paid more which is very weird that was something I wasn't expecting but mm-hmm. I've made more money off of doing what I love to do here than I have being in New York for four years so now I'm interested in <laughs> We got to talk about the money, baby. Yeah, well, I mean, like, do you think that's because, how do I put this, the commodification of, like, musicians and music, like, is it because there are so many in New York, it's so saturated that nobody needs to pay artists anything because artists are so desperate to just go, like, show their faces? I think so. I mean, like, the whole whole hustle of, that I was facing in New York was having to bring people and, like, you know, ha- having to have a certain amount of like followers or plays or whatever yeah. to get booked anywhere. And it's like I've been expected to bring 30 to 50 people to a show just to get booked. Yeah. And like the hustle of gigging has been to get people to come. And now the hustle of, of, it's it's not that I'm I'm having to get people to come. It's that I'm having to get people's attention, <laughs> the mm-hmm. people that are actually there, which has been a really gratifying challenge. But it's like a it's it's like a paid gig. It's like a paid job. You know what I mean? Like these yeah. there's so few venues around here that the ones that are around are like iconic. You know, mm-hmm. um, and so there's kind of a built-in audience and. Obviously, ever since the pandemic, it's been tough for these places to get the ball rolling and get musicians back in, especially because a lot of these places book touring musicians and people just aren't touring yet. Yeah. And a lot of people tour through northwest Arkansas and then go straight through Memphis. There's a big scene up there. So Little Rock kind of has a, a place of opportunity. There's an opportunity yeah. there for to share music, which is cool. I feel valued, which is really nice. So important. Yeah. Are there a lot of local musicians? Yeah. Like are you are you sort of taking a spot in a community there? Yeah, I feel I feel like I'm starting to, which is nice. You know, I mean, hopefully I can I can continue to because I I mean I love it. Like I love playing at these places. It feels cool to be playing at home. You know, like I haven't lived yeah. here since I've been playing my own music, so it's been really special to see like people come that I haven't seen and. 10, 15 years are coming to my shows. Like, it's crazy. Like, I ran into yeah. my best friend from third grade the other day to show. Like, <laughs> insane. It. Yeah, it's been it's been wild. Well, I'm happy for you. Thanks. I wish that I saw your face more in New York City, but... I'll be uh, back. Okay. I'll be back. Yeah, thank you. Sooner than you think. Let's listen to some music. 
we we had a brief discussion about which of your songs that we would cover and we opted for the arguably the b-side yeah the, the proclaimed the, you, b-side uh okay so not even arguably <laughs> yeah Pro, it's pronounced proclaimed. yeah it is proclaimed <laughs> uh, <laughs> we made on the moon to that shit so you you released Jet Ski and Speeding Ticket. You released uh, your full aforementioned psychedelic video with Jet Ski. This guy didn't get um, a video release, but... Yet. Nice. Yet. I'm thinking Excellent. of doing one. Okay. For shits. Cool. But we'll see. Well, uh, let's get into it. Okay. This is Speeding Ticket by Emily Fenton. Ticket in Bristol, Virginia, going too fast. He picked me up with as much of my stuff as I could pack. When we left the city, it started raining, and I began to cry. A decade flying by in the rear view and into the Thank you. 
texted Emily prior to this meeting uh, because I, of course, sent the Zoom link late um, because I leave all of my prep work to the last minute. And as it happened this afternoon, I texted Emily and I said, uh, we'll be a couple minutes late. Something about I am literally lost inside this song and trying to find my way out. <laughs> The best compliment anyone could give me. I thought you were experiencing a technological malfunction, and so that's why I said that could mean any number of things. <laughs> Purely emotional and metaphysical. Yeah. <laughs> there really, I mean, there's so much. The song is so simple, but there really is, you know, if you allow yourself to really invest in it, like so much to explore and sort of. Uh, meander around in this is the best part of sharing is hearing other people's interpretations and and associations you know that's the most gratifying part because like i have my own relationship with it obviously so yeah hearing how other people process it is so just i'm so grateful that you are open to it you know yeah well and likewise because you know you there are so many artists who like are so precious not about like maintain like there are artists who are precious about what the song means to them and it like Mm -hmm. really can't mean anything else other Mm -hmm. than that Mm -hmm. but then there are also artists who like avoid the subject entirely because Mm -hmm. they're either Mm -hmm. uh, afraid of it or afraid of the vulnerability or they just simply don't know yeah which like is fine like i'm i'm all about artists just like sort of throwing words out into the ether if they sound good or if they feel good and not oh, necessarily for sure. yeah. having a meaning to them. Yeah, but, yeah. But to write something that means something to yourself and then approach a conversation with the openness of discussing that plus mm-hmm. what it means to the other person. Oh, yada, yeah. Yada. It's, it's really That's the um, best part. Fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that being said, I want to talk about the, the, the musicality of this recording and, and, uh, of the songwriting and all that, but I, I, the thing that immediately pops out, mm-hmm. as it usually does in your music, is the words and the story. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is another anecdotal piece, but you, I mean, you have this way of centering a song around an anecdote, but using the anecdote as really just a jumping-off point for some sort of thematic. Mm-hmm some greater thematic piece or a greater thematic message or let me do this i i meant to send you a picture of this but i'll just show i'll just show you this oh my god this is a chart that i drew oh you're not oh gonna make any god. sense of it oh don't my even god. try I'll i like can't post tell a you how complimented i am by this <laughs> like the so fact that there's a visual is yeah yeah, yeah i yeah i mean yeah, I want I I I don't want to um I don't want to color your right. interpretation of it like uh, before 
before maybe I hear it. I don't know. I mean, Great. I'm happy to I'm happy to give you my insight on it. Yeah. Um well, I'll go I'll go first then if Yeah, if, yeah, yeah. If you prefer. Yeah. Uh so the, this whole song is around the inciting event, which is the speeding ticket. Right, right. right. Like that's that's at the source. That's right. the genesis of this piece. Right. So that's the center of this picture. And the verses sort of do this like dance around that event. Mm-hmm. Like they're, they are, the verses themselves are very anecdotal. Yeah. Their memory, like sort of a sense recall, like, and, but they're very visceral and like the memory is, is super, uh, I can just, you can just sort of like feel it. It's like tactile and it's, it's uh, nostalgic. And then the choruses are a circle around the, the inciting event and the tangle of verses. Cool. The, the choruses are like, um, basically this is like the lesson that I'm gleaning from these memories, or this is sort of the takeaway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm having this emotional experience of memory and this is what I gain from it. I'm on to the next one. Let's let's move on. It's almost like a mantra. Yeah, exactly. You know? These memories are sort of existing inside this new, yeah, mantra. It's a good way to put it. And then the bridge is like, let's, it, the bridge I drew as basically a cube around the entire thing. It's like a package. <laughs> the bridge is like like I'm taking all of this information and I'm putting it in a box and this is what I have, you know, to present. This is like the whole uh let's see. It's all flying by going 85. It's like this this grand scope. It's like you step back and have yeah. this whole new yeah, perspective yeah. on the entire experience. Mm-hmm. And then the the third verse is just like this little it's this little blip outside yeah. of the entire yeah. thing. It just yeah. exists sort of on its own. Um, it's almost, yeah, it's like a send off to me. Like a PS. Exactly. Mm-hmm. A PS, yeah, yeah. It's like um, you're checking back in at a later date. Like yeah. this is this is my uh, yeah. epilogue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's sort of, I'll maybe I'll like post a picture of this chart on the Instagram just yeah, so right? it makes a little Why more not? sense yeah. to anyone listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I mean, I love the experience of listening to something that gives me such a, um, of a, a visceral but abstract response that I, you know, I just like doodle and it's like it makes no sense. But I'm like, this is what this means to me. That's so, really that's that's really gratifying to, for me to hear, truly. Yeah. Especially considering, you know, I produce my own music, which is something I'm becoming increasingly prouder of. Mm-hmm. Especially as, you know, being a female, yeah. queer identifying person. Um, and Jet Ski, I really, I mean, I, I've been working on this song for a long time. Yeah. And production-wise, I, I really, it, I learned a lot from making it. And when I was about, I was, I was not going to, I was going to not have any B-side on it. And... Then I started kind of gigging again and I was, I, you know, I play either just me or with, you know, my partner now plays with me and on electric guitar sometimes, but I don't have a full band right now. So I, I was like, well, this doesn't really feel, in, Jet Ski doesn't quite feel indicative of my live shows. Mm. And I love the song. I love playing it live. And I wanted to attach something that was... um representative of what people can expect when they come see me you know 
Um, so point being, hearing that hearing that you were able to draw so much from it when this song is just one take, one track, me and the guitar, it was a bitch to mix because <laughs> like there wasn't any like it's me and the guitar. There's no it's not any separate tracks or anything. So except for the harm the harmonies, the harmonies I did layer. So, so you're saying but the there main... weren't six of you in that room saying Oh yeah. At the same no, time. no, no, no. Okay. I mean the har- yeah, the harmonies there's Learning like new things. Yeah, there's like three I mean, you know, two or three harmonies stacked on there. I, I tend to hide behind my harmonies in my producing. Yeah. And so uh <laughs> when I was being mixed, I was like, the harmonies need to be turned up. <laughs> and he's like, I don't think so. And I listened to it again, I was like, Yeah, yeah, they can set some sort of like subliminal they can mm-hmm. they can have some some subliminal influence without them being like super forefront but for the most part yeah it's just just a, it's it's so stripped down which is so antithetical to what I've been working towards um yeah. so to hear that it can have the same effect and engage you in that way is uh encouraging to me I'm I'm impressed to hear that this is like a single take recording it because it's just like a super solid take. It sounds, I mean, the guitar sounds great. Your voice sounds great. So the the atmosphere, the sonic atmosphere of it, the crickets and the sort of campfire mm-hmm. environmental feeling and mood, mm-hmm. what was the genesis of that idea? Was it, was it just um, mood setting or was there a practical reason for the sort of nighttime vibe? Um. I wanted it to I wanted it to feel like I'd gotten to where I was going and recounting it type thing. Yeah. You know? Like especially with Jet Ski too, like these songs really synthesize my year. Like to mm. me it's just it's such an arc of like an inciting incident and then and then going on a journey type thing. So I, I wanted it to have a feeling of, okay, the dust has settled and I am now the narrator of this story and yeah. there's some time and space away from it, you know? Yeah. A kumbaya. <laughs> Absolutely. A campfire like... kumbaya, which is my favorite <laughs> vibe. <laughs> I don't know. The whole aesthetic is is working a lot for me the the like psychedelic cowboy thing and then the b-side which is this i mean it does have a campfire uh fireside feel but again your songwriting like brings and your voice and your artistry brings like a vibrancy to it that really does i like i love the the cohesion of those those aesthetics a lot you're still doing the bulk of the recording on your own yeah oh yeah yeah, because I noticed uh, you had a quite a personnel lineup for these for for at least for jet ski. Yeah, um, yeah. So tell me about that. Like, tell me what the do you just do all the raw recording yourself, and then you send it to to mixing artists and yeah. mastering engineers and all that. Yeah. So um, and it's funny, like the 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 recording process for me has because you know it takes a while to know what works for you and like know. Um, just to know how to record yourself, you know, what you need and, and, and how to do it, how to set up your space and whatever. And, um, 
it's become really private for me. So I just, I mean, Jet Ski, I just recorded all my vocal, my guitar with a click and then sent mm-hmm. it off to, I knew I wanted violin. That was my first thing that I was like, I have to outsource violin on this. I don't want to do MIDI violin, whatever. And yeah. so um, I reached out to a friend and I I arranged I arranged everything. So what I did was I did MIDI, I did a MIDI like demo of um, the violin and then a little bit of the drums, but I'm not a drummer. So uh, like I gave a feel with like a kick and a snare and a, a cymbal and a hi-hat, but you know, I left room for play with all of it. Mm-hmm. I, you know, but I just sent over, I sent over the track to my friend. He said, okay, we need drums before we do violin. So I got a buddy to do the drums and then violin was added. And then I was like, it needs steel guitar. It needs this, like whatever. So it just kind of built with time and like realizing that it's now, especially with all this pandemic shit, like everything being remote, I'm like, oh, like I can outsource this stuff and then put it together and then send it off and like mix it and master it. Mm -hmm. And I don't, it doesn't have to be all in the same room. I mean, that would be cool too, but we work with what we have type. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I, I would say, I think there was a time at which it was sort of a novelty for musicians to work to collaborate remotely mm-hmm. you know it's like the postal service uh like you know named their band after the fact that they were a remote duo i did you know? not realize that yeah i mean this was what 99 2000 that they were first recording music and oh so they, they like would snail mail themselves tapes i guess or cds maybe um that's freaking cool <laughs> so yeah but anyways you now it's like uh the easiest thing in the world to just like bounce out a file and email it to somebody and yeah be like yep anyways it's it's really cool to know that you're to know that you're finding a team and you're finding a yeah. community and but you're still so much at the steering wheel you know yeah which yeah. is obvious it's still yeah. so very emily oh thanks yeah i'm it was cool to work with so many people on it it was like i've never i've never worked with that amount of people um and for so long over like such a long period of time and it the tea feels steeped you know what I mean like yeah it doesn't feel premature it doesn't feel like it feels like a a finished on to the next one (laughs) quoting my own lyrics (laughs) hating myself (laughs) do you think that these songs will land on an album or do you plan on these being sort of a standalone or do you have do you have a plan you know i don't know i've i have been wondering if they do need to land on an album or an ep i haven't thought about it because in the past the thought of putting together an ep has been like i have to put together an ep and so i'm really trying to take my time you know um but they definitely could. Are you saying that you have to really structure it? Like you, it has to be like a cohesive piece from beginning. Like how do you exactly mean? Do you mean like in in an album assembly sort of way? I guess. I mean it's – I've just – overall I have had a tendency to rush. So this project I was like, okay, one song. Like all you need to make is one song which was Jet Ski, 
and then speeding ticket kind of came as a reaction to jet ski and so mm-hmm. um like i've just been so what's right in my headlights type thing that i just haven't even I haven't even thought about making it anything bigger because I feel like the bigger I the bigger I think, then the more I rush type. Mm-hmm. So it could definitely organically unfold like that, you know. So you're deliberately sort of keeping these thoughts at bay. You're you're really trying to just focus on the now. Yeah. The the, the this song. Yeah. Of it all. Yeah, yeah but no, I great. I do have three other songs that would go well with these two so maybe i should get cracking on it <laughs> well i mean look the people always want more content i know dude. is all i'm saying i know i'm here to advocate for the people i know <laughs> no i, I think know. that's really um i think it's admirable because i relate to what you're saying and i tend to fall into this pattern of once i imagine the greater arc of something mm-hmm. uh, i grow incredibly impatient because mm-hmm. once i can picture it in my brain i'm like well, if I can picture it in my brain, then it should exist in reality, like right now. Right. <laughs> and right. so to to make the conscious effort of slowing that mental process right. down right. is um, very astute and very smart, I think. Yeah. I'm just, I'm really wanting to go with the flow and mm-hmm. allow things to happen organically. And, but yeah, you, you've, you've just watered a seed. this this song reads almost like a short story in a lot of ways in that like there's such a like a an air quality to it that is so unique to itself and it's it exists in this memory space and it from moment to moment like it's dancing around this literal memory of an experience that you had but you're tying in current emotional circumstances mm-hmm. and messages that you yourself are taking from right. this memory. It's like the abstract and the literal are really existing in the same space together at the same time or at least yeah. trading off yeah. like moment to moment, right. which I think is such a cool little dance. And is that something that, that you set out to do uh, when you started writing this or was it something that just sort of unfolded on its own? It unfolded on its own. Like I I definitely set out to capture that feeling the of to me the whole irony of, of the whole song is like you get a speeding ticket to when you're going somewhere to go slow down. You know what I mean? Like like yeah. the most the most the line that I feel the most attached to in the song is a guy in a hat asked us where we were going while I started thinking about what I passed. I literally wrote that exact <laughs> oh, lyric yeah? Yeah. on my notes um, next to exactly what we're talking about right now. Yeah, yeah that that, that to me, like, like, like that, that to me just kind of boiled it down a bit. Yeah. Um, like, just the whole, the whole experience of getting out of somewhere where I was, you know, I became a someone that I didn't recognize, like, like I'm leaving a pale gray sky going into this like sunny day type thing like I'm I'm leaving somewhere to to slow down and take a breath and and really enjoy my life and right. experience a change and whatever and then 
it's, but you were trying there's, to get there too fast. Yeah, there's just something, there was something so like, and I, I didn't even realize it until I started reflecting on the song when I was writing it. Like, I didn't have that perspective. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think intrinsically I knew, but there was, there's just something, there's something absurd about it, you know, which you know, I'm, totally. that's what I'm privy to is things that feel absurd and and paradoxical and contradictory to themselves like the whole thing to me is just one big contradiction yeah you know like i'm on to the next one i'm on to the next one i'm on to the next one like that sort of repetition it's like you're also never where you really are i don't know i mean this can get philosophical quickly but um yeah uh i'm sort of obsessed with this idea though recently in specifically in a storytelling context of like people are because I think humans are so desperate for organization of ideas, right? Like Mm -hmm. the world is really Mm -hmm. chaotic Mm -hmm. and people need to have answers. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so people often, if they see a good movie or they hear a song or they're playing a video game that has ambiguities or whatever, Mm -hmm. ambiguities in stories, generally people are sort of averse to. Like Mm -hmm. the the gut instinct is like, I want an answer to this. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe it's, just my resistance to ever answering any of my own questions but Mm -hmm. I'm pretty obsessed with entertaining the idea that that if 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 there is an ambiguity occurring between two ideas maybe they can both exist in the same space well maybe just allow that yeah and they do you know yeah like ultimately they they just do it's cool to hear you um draw such specificities from it because one thing that I felt a bit not self-conscious of, but that felt like trying on a new pair of shoes type with this song mm. is that I I feel like I left a little more room for imagination. Like I, I, I tried to paint a specific picture, but lyrically it is super simple. Like I have a tendency to, I have a tendency to really get wordy in my songs and this song is not as wordy mm-hmm. as my songs in the past have been. So it's, it's nice to hear that it's a less less is more type thing. Did you find yourself while you were writing the song, did you have the impulse to insert more words, you know, to make it more verbose and then you held that back or was was it just the sort of natural flow of things and then upon retrospection you were like, "Oh, this it is was, much simpler." Yeah, it the latter, like it was more natural, yeah. um, but I did and this doesn't always happen. Like the majority of the time I wake up to write and I just write shit. Like I'm Mm. feeling bad for myself or like, I'm just not inspired or like I'm feeling stuck or whatever. Like that's the majority of what happens when I'm Mm. writing a song. And so when, when I have this idea for a song that I feel inspired by, it's like, it is sort of this abstraction that it feels like my job to synthesize and communicate effectively and so in this I had such a specific image and such a specific feeling that the whole time kind of the underlying thought was trim the fat trim the fat trim the fat trim Mm. the fat like what happened what what's the picture here like get down to it you know like I have to have to constantly remind myself to just cut it down cut it down cut it down this thing is structured so I'm just like fascinated by the structure of it, obviously with, you know, you saw my literal physical interpretation of it (laughs) in my drawing, like, 
And that's not something that you can plan, that that you, the songwriter, can plan for. Right, right. right. It's something that just occurs with a natural sense of storytelling and a natural natural sort of pursuit of your own emotions and your own vulnerability. Right. I have to, um, I have to say that my favorite songs of mine feel like I didn't write them. <laughs> like, In what way? How do you mean? Like, um, like, I mean, this is a conversation of ego, really, but, uh-huh. um, like the songs that I feel like I wrote are, like I said, the the dumpster songs, like the, <laughs> you know, like the it's it's the classic like. Uh, image of you know someone like writing and then like tearing off their paper and balling it up and like throwing it into the trash can like yeah and then pan to the trash can yeah. and it's overflowing with yeah. crumpled paper yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's the majority of it for me at least um so the ones the ones that uh really I connect with feel like such a gift hmm. that some other force gave me you know, feels like you've achieved something that yeah. is beyond like, yeah. what your self doubt thinks that you can achieve. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, there, there is a sense of humility in it. Like, I, I feel proud of my work. Of course, like I have to if I'm gonna share it. But I also feel a sense of like I'm, I'm, I'm happy that I got to experience, like telling it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know if totally. that's too vague, but. No, I think it's really lovely. But I'm here to cut down your humility at the knees. Ah, I love to tell a story like Yeah. You know, I may I don't always feel confident in in um the tools and talents I've been given like Yeah. because I'm a human, so I know my own weak spots so much, but that's why I love storytelling so much is like there's just something spiritual about it for me you know Mm. um yeah it feels like a spiritual practice almost has it become easier for you to write songs as as you're getting more or i don't know presumably getting more in touch with sort of the vulnerability and the the part of you that sort of channels what is happening in your emotional core to you know the song I wish. <laughs> I freaking wish. Like, yeah. Um, I think it's become easier for me to, like, it's, I've, I've gained a more, a deeper understanding of the entire process of it all. Like, mm-hmm. when I go through the periods of time, which sometimes last weeks at a time, months at a time, of like what I said, throwing the paper in the trash can. Yeah. Um, now I have the, I have the hindsight to be like, no, you're, you're not, this is still writing your next best song. Like that mm. part of it, you're, I know that I'm still writing my next best song in that. Yeah. So, and I have a, I have a deeper like understanding and acceptance of where I'm at at any given time with it. But the actual act of writing is, has not gotten and has never gotten any easier because we're constantly experiencing new things and we're constantly feeling new things and we're constantly growing and changing and evolving. I mean, hopefully we are. Mm -hmm. And so it's this constant synthesis of new information that I don't have any reference for. And so Mm -hmm. I'm creating my own reference to it at at any given time, which never gets any easier because it's always something different. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Yeah. So So it sounds like what maybe gets easier, hopefully, is the acceptance of the process. Yeah. You know, and like finding the joy the the joy in it, regardless of even in the shit that doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. That's big. Cool. (laughs) We've reached the truth of this episode. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I would be uh, remiss to let an episode go by without um, flagging another masterful, masterful bridge. This bridge fucking rules. Oh my God. Thank you. I wrote that. I wrote that later. I wrote the bridge later. Oh, really? It didn't exist in the first iterations of the song? I wrote the chords for... Well, I so I wrote the first few verses in the chorus, and I sat on it for a minute. Mm. And, of course, I mean, you know how I feel about a bridge. I love a freaking bridge. I always want to rip it and on the thank bridge. thank God for it. Yep. <laughs> um, and so I wrote the chords for the bridge, but... And I actually wrote, like, like, there's... I have a whole note in my phone of, like, a bunch of different lyrics I was going to use mm-hmm. and I kind of cut and copied and pasted them. Um, and like at first it sounded really cheesy to me and I sat down with a couple of friends and we're like kind of drunk one night and I'm like, I have this song and like, I don't know if I have a bridge and like, this is the bridge I have right now. And, but I don't know if it's quite the bridge and I played through it and my friend's like, that's the bridge. And I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> I needed just one person to be like, well, you wrote a, you wrote a bridge. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, so. I mean, it, look, it is kind of cheesy, right? But Oh, like, it is cheesy. It's cheesy it's as like, fuck. Yeah. I mean, it, it invites that, first of all, I mean, it, it evokes images of standing up in a convertible and like spreading your arms and letting <laughs> the wind fucking course through your body yeah. in a moment of pure ecstatic joy which is really lovely and like melodically well it's got the chromatic sort of walk down in yeah, the chords, yeah 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 but, but then over the top of it is like this beautiful it's like this disney moment almost oh right? my god There's i love like, it <laughs> you're not really the first so... person to um draw disney comparisons in referencing my music <laughs> no oh, like in the yeah, past sure. in the past it's really funny it's like someone said once i was like r-rated disney which i think is <laughs> so appropriate <laughs> it is i mean look i mean you've got a background in theater mm-hmm. you've got a, your voice sounds really effortless you can like create these really nice pleasant lines with from from my ear like no strain which is mm-hmm. what it you know which that's the part of the sort of iconic disney sound it's like these these lines are so effortless and beautiful and like Thanks. this this is a moment of that for sure i just fucking love to sing it's the nerdiest thing about me i think <laughs> that's so great that's so i said great. to my sister i was like i could sing all day and she goes you do <laughs> <laughs> she's like shut the fuck up you do yeah. <laughs> stop singing please <laughs> even even theater school couldn't pound the joy out of out Dude, of singing for could, emily fenton it couldn't like it did though it did for a minute and like yeah, i've never mm-hmm. it, i've never felt such a loss of like sense of self as i did during college because it did rob me of that for a minute mm-hmm. um and then what honestly what got me back to it was writing my own stuff yeah i would never just like speak out against educating yourself oh, on what no. you love to do yeah no ever. no 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 but it takes such an incredibly strong sense of self mm-hmm. persisting through mm-hmm. that and that's i mean we're just like uh, most people are just too young to 
keep hold of that while they're in oh, school. Yeah. And so they lose it. Yeah. And then it takes it takes a pursuit back to that. Like, exactly. Like you've undergone. And still are undergoing. I'm I'm freaking proud of that music theater degree. It's taken me five years Absolutely. to be proud of it, but I'm proud of it now. Like we worked our asses we off. We worked our asses off and I learned yeah. a, a hot a hot bit of a lot. <laughs> I've never said that before. <laughs> I learned a lot. I learned a lot about a lot of shit, myself included, yeah. you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. totally. like that was such a profound period of growth. I'm so thankful for it. Agreed. Congrats on the release. Do you want Thank to say you. anything, any closing statements on this song? I think we, you know, I think we hit, hit it. Yeah. The horse is dead. Um. <laughs> I don't know about that. I'm, I'm going to go kidding. listen to this song four more times, <laughs> and maybe it will be. Thank you so much for having me, Trevor. It's always just of course. so delightful to talk to you, and you you have such a good show, and you create such a open and stimulating and safe environment for people to talk about their work, and thank you for being engaged and supportive and for doing what you do. It's really amazing. I'm very grateful it's- for you. Thank you. It's absolutely my pleasure. I could speak with you all day long. I know. I know. People we would have. We get bored. Yeah. <laughs> we have. We have. <laughs> um, I hope to see your face again soon. Oh, you will. Check out Emily's new songs, Jet Ski and Speeding Ticket on Spotify. All right, Em. Appreciate you, and I'll talk to you soon. I'll talk to you soon, Trev. <laughs> Thanks so much for taking the time out of your day to check in with Emily and me. Beyond the Tracks may be on a season break, but our musical community is alive and well and making music all the time. So stay plugged in. I'm curating artists for season two, which certainly will come beginning of 2022. But in the meantime, I'm sure that I'll keep checking in with our old pals because uh, the river of music never stops flowing. Uh, all right, thanks again. Peace. We drove up the highway on a Friday. Stayed in this creepy cottage till Sunday. Monday came and I had to face myself again like a forgotten friend. By the way, you're listening to Jet Ski, the lead single off of Emily's latest release. Go listen over and over again. Support Emily in whatever way you can. Support music. See you soon. forget we actually listen to it together it doesn't make me uncomfortable at all (laughs) i'm just joshing